Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Happy to have you with us on this Sunday morning. We've talked to her in the past, but looking forward to today's conversation with Sigri Strand. She is the curator and the engagement director with Platform. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Good morning. Well, good morning. Nice to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about Platform. Tell us what it is. Sure. We're a local nonprofit organization. We connect youth with professional artists. We, we connect them with resources to reach their full potential. Um, those artists are generally covering topics around social justice, and they work with our students to learn the practice of art, the business of art. Um, we also offer wraparound services for everyone who's involved in our organization. So anyone, whether that's an artist or one of our youth interns, can access things like mental health, um, a food pantry, tutoring services, um, you know, post-secondary prep work. We offer transportation to everybody involved. Wow. Um, um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And the resident artists work with our art lab interns and okay. their paid interns um, to create exhibitions. So we're excited because we have another exhibition coming up with our current resident artists. All right. And before we get to that, talk to me a little bit about how yeah. did the platform come to be? Because this is a really unique yeah. concept. Yeah, so we've actually been around for 20 years. Um, our founder, Judy Anderson, started it in 2002. And we just celebrated our 20th anniversary. So we've been doing it for a while now. Um, of course, the program has evolved over time, but um, we've always been working with youth. And then those youth are working with our resident artists. And what was it? What was the need that she saw 20 years ago that made her say, hey, this is an idea? So the need was that, you know, art, art programming was going away in public schools. And she was just, you know, she saw that as a need. And then also Denver didn't have a residency program at the time. So there was no artist residency program where an artist could come and experiment and um, really think through new projects, have a studio space available to them and the resources at hand to um, experiment with new work. So she really saw those two needs and, and brought them together. And where does the funding for this come from? Is this a city thing or is this private? It's actually, we're a private nonprofit. Um, we get a lot of grants through the city, through the state. Um, we get a, an NEA grant. Um, so we have various levels of grant support. And then we also have individual donors um, and we have corporate donors. So um, like any nonprofit, we're just really trying to fundraise wherever we can. Right. So let's talk about that artist in residence and what's going on right now. Sure. Her name is Jennifer Maravillas Bell. Um, she's pretty new to Denver, so she moved here in 2021. Um, she came most recently from Brooklyn, New York, but she's lived all over the country. Um, and we're really excited to have her here in Denver and kind of get her plugged into the art community here. She um, worked on map making in her work, so she explores cartography. Um, one of the things she said that I thought was a really interesting quote is, examining and understanding the tools of the powerful is key to create an equitable world. Hmm. Just one of the tools of the powerful is cartography, illuminate practices such as redlining, gerrymandering. She's, um, you know, studied things like Native American map in her work. And right now she's working on a map that is around, surrounds our gallery and studio. Mm -hmm. So she's um, creating this map where she's been walking the street around our studio and gallery, um, collecting objects from the surrounding area, and then impressing all of that into cement. So when you you come and see the show, you'll see cement, um, a cement map with everything that she found on her walk in it. 
and it's up on a stage, so it's lifted up onto a stage. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing that she's created. That is really cool. So, okay, yeah. so she's your artist in residence. Then how do yeah. the teens get involved in the interns? Sure, sure. So they have been working on different math with her. Um, the, the cement map has been kind of her own personal project while in residence, but the teens are working on a, a layered map, so they're telling different stories about their own neighborhood um, and their own experience in those neighborhoods. And then they've also worked on a sound map. Um, we have one artist or young artist youth, who has worked on um, an animation. So the, the exciting thing about coming to this exhibition is you'll see all of the ways that the students were inspired by this work with cartography and, and how they're interpreting it on their own and, and with their own neighborhoods and experiences. Right. Because I think a lot of people probably are not familiar with even that term of art. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jennifer has talked about that it's not even cartography isn't even really considered an art form, but artists and illustrators are usually in the past were the ones who created maps. Mm -hmm. So um, she really thought that was an interesting thing to take on as an artist. Okay. So how do teens get involved? Because you talk about your teen interns, you talk about being involved with teens or with youth in the community. Where does that process start? Well, we open up our um, application every year in January. Um, And so if folks follow us on our website or sign up for our newsletter, they'll start hearing about the applications for Art Lab will be opening. Um, But just if you know that in January is generally when we open those applications and you know a a teen who would really benefit from this program, have them apply. Um, And then we would have them start in the following um, school year. So we do interviews. um, We obviously get more applications than students we can accept each year, mm-hmm. but our program is always growing. So this this um, school year, we actually grew from 30 students to 40. Wow. Um, and we're always trying to, you know, serve more students. So, um, yeah, just keeping in touch with us and then having any youth in your life that would benefit, have them apply when the application comes open. And who are you looking for when these applications come through? What's the ideal candidate? Somebody who is really, you know, inspired by art, even if they haven't had a lot of art access in their um, school if they just have the drive and the curiosity. Um, we really want students who are very dedicated. Um, they do come to us every Saturday for a good chunk of their Saturday. But like I said, they do get paid. So it is, um, you know, it's a commitment on both sides. Uh, we, we really look for students who just um, who want to show up for community and, and um, will be excited to have this internship opportunity. Okay. And what ages is it open to? So any high school age, um, generally, you know, you would be applying in your freshman year. And then um, if you get accepted, you'll start in your sophomore year. We've had people, you know, apply in their junior year or even um, going into their senior year. But we do like to, you know, have a full year with with a student at least. So, Well, so if they if they actually get accepted in say their sophomore year, they can stay with us all the way through their senior year. So um, the program does last um, quite a while once students are in. Um, but yeah, they walk away with life skills, with community, with art skills, and understanding the business of art. They learn amazing different crafts all throughout their um, their time with us. So mm-hmm. you know they could learn photography, painting, video, animation, um, dance, poetry. Poetry, like the the art umbrella that we cover while they're in um, an intern is pretty massive. So yeah, and 
it's such a unique program. It's so cool. So I know you've got an yeah. exhibit coming up with Jennifer. That is your current artist in residence. What? When is that exhibit? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Yeah, so it opens on November 4th. We will be participating in First Friday, which um, the Rhino Art District, we're a part of that art district, um, and, you know, tries to get as many galleries involved in First Friday each month. So November 4th from 6 to 8 p.m., we're at 3575 Ringsby Court, which is part of the Taxi Campus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know that area down by the river, um, around 38 and uh, Ringsby is where we're at. Okay. And where can they get more information about this? Yeah, so on our website, platform.org, a P-L-A-T-T-E-S-O-U, sorry, S-O-R-U-M.org. Um, that's where you can get all of the event information. It is free. It's an opening. Um, we always have a little bit of uh, like a charcuterie board and wine for folks who are over 21, um, but it's always a family-friendly event as well because we do have all of our student interns involved. Um, but yeah, it's always a great time and uh, just come on through sometime between 6 and 8 p.m. All right. And let's talk about your next artist in residence. I assume you know who it is. Yes, we do. Her name is Jonna Ray Church. Um, she's another local artist, um, but she had she's gotten her degree in San Francisco. So, you know, another one who's traveled the world but came back to Denver. And um, we're really excited. She's a painter. She'll be doing a sexual residency, which is to support BIPOC and queer artists. Um, she is going to be getting mentorship from, from other established artists in Denver. Mm-hmm. And then she will have her show at the beginning of January. That is exciting. Now, do you always yeah. have artists in residence back-to-back like that? We do, yeah. So they are pretty much always back-to-back. As soon as we get one show up, we clear out the studio and offer the studio to another artist. Um, and then, you know, a show will come down and then we'll have another show. So it is just just sort of like a constant revolving mm-hmm. door like that. Um, we have five artists this year. Sometimes we have only four, but we are just trying to, you know, be a space where artists can get the resources they need as, as much as possible. So if we can, um, you know, open our doors to five artists in a year, we definitely want to do that. And how do these artists get chosen to be an artist in residence? They um, go through an application process as well. So both of our applications open in January. Um, our residency application opens in January, and so does the art lab um, application. So um, we have folks go through the application process. They submit images of their work and examples of their work. Um, and then we have a jury of other artists and curators who help us choose and like narrow down to a top 10. And then we do interviews and decide from there um, who should be our artist for the year. And what do they get when they become your artist in residence? What is the benefit Mm -hmm. to them besides getting to have their own show? What are the other things that they receive from this program? Well, they get um, space to work in. So the studio and gallery space, Um, they, you know, it's resume building for sure. Like I said, they have access to mental health support, food pantry as well if they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, We offer housing to any of our out of town artists. So um, we don't always just have Denver artists. We also host artists from all over the world. We've recently had an artist from Spain here over the summer. Um, and so we were able to offer her housing while she was here. Um, but they also get the chance to work with, with our teen interns and that facilitating and teaching opportunity, I think is a really good resume builder for artists. Yeah. What did you see? How did COVID affect your program? Oh, wow. I mean, we had to kind of go virtual for a while. Um, and that was that was definitely difficult. It was hard on our students. 
um, that's actually the the impetus for when we started our food pantry was the was the COVID pandemic. We okay. realized that a lot of our students um, didn't have access to food um, during the pandemic, and so we started a food pantry and actually did food pantry deliveries to mm. our students and their families. Um, and then we, you know, had to start doing exhibitions online and and sort of doing doing the technique that realtors do, where yeah. you can like walk through an exhibition online. So wow. yeah, we got creative. Yeah. You- <laughs> You really did have to get creative and pivot when it came to COVID and, and the pandemic and just changing things up. Yeah, definitely. But I think it made us a stronger organization in the end and, and gave us a chance to offer even more wraparound services for everyone who's involved in our program. Yeah, I've heard from so many different organizations and charities who say, yeah, that is one of the benefits that came out of the pandemic for them. Absolutely. I think it's a benefit for sure. Yeah. Signe Strand with Platform, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Once again, for folks who want to get in touch with you, whether it's as an artist or an intern program or maybe for students, maybe they just want to make a donation, where do they need to go again? Yes, it's platform.org, so P-L-A-T-T-E-S-O-R-U-M dot O-R-G. And you can sign up for our newsletter on our website, which is another great way to stay in touch with us. We're on Instagram at Platform on Instagram, and we just love to have everybody involved with us. All right, Sigri, thank you so much for your time. It's so good talking with you. Thanks so much. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. We sure appreciate it. And for more information on this organization or any of the ones we've talked with over the weeks, you can always go to your radio station's website and get the information. Share this, too, as a podcast on your social media. Go out, have a great Sunday, have a blessed day, and remember to be kind to everyone.